getting my dad to say I love you. To say what? Say he loves it. Hello and welcome back to season two of Getting My Dad to Say I Love You. I'm back with my dad. Hi, Dad. Hello, Dad we, here. Dad is here. Dad, season one went well. We got a write-up in the Sunday Times. I know, I was quite surprised. It was alongside um, poor old Barry Cryer. Rest in peace, I knew Barry Cryer. How did you know Barry Cryer? Because he was a member, well, he wasn't a member, Barry Cryer was one of these old-style 50s uh, comedians who was extremely uh, careful with his lolly. And he used to come to the Savage Club, which I'm a member of, yep. and he was very entertaining. And for a long while, I thought he was a member. Right. Until some, one of the more serious committee members told me he wasn't. He just liked to come in for some beers. Yeah, he used to come in. He was great company. He was very nice, and he'd talk, he'd talk to anyone. But like a lot of comedians of that, and entertainers of that generation, he was very careful. Sorry, what do you mean careful with his lolly? Is that a is that a euphemism? Careful with his money. Oh, Christ. Lolly, lolly read money. Okay, good. I really but There's worried. nothing wrong with that. I was, I was he, really worried it was lolly meant something different based on the shape. No, no, lolly is an, uh, lolly means <laughs> dosh or careful with his dosh. I don't know what you say in America. All right. Well, but he was a really nice bloke and he, he was very funny and very entertaining. I know. And um, anyway, we were, we were featured um, alongside Barry Cryer. Um, That's good. Rest in peace, Barry Cryer. This is season two, as they say in America, series two, as they say in the UK. We have the first guest of the series is Mr. Scroobius Pip. I sent you some research because you didn't know who Scroobius Pip was. No, um, I didn't, but I know enough about it now to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, he's got it. He's a he. <laughs> yeah, Scroobius, no, talk about Scroobius Pip is, well, you can talk it as a concept, but yes, Scroobius Pip is. He's, he is definitely, he, a, I'm definitely. Your man, your man, Scroobius Pip, is, is a he. <laughs> he's a but he. Scroobius Pip is, is a, a, a character in a Lear poem, which was unfinished um, <laughs> by Lear when he died. Yeah. For Lear, Edward Lear, or Dodson, as he was known, um, was an English writer, um, and Scroobius Pip was, as I say, an unfinished poem, which was eventually finished off by an American poet who's probably a bit passe these days called Ogden Nash. Right. Yeah. And not, not published until 1935, which was 40 years after Edward Lear died. Yeah, Dad, that's great. You've done your research. Shall I go and chat to him now before we end up having a 400-minute intro of you describing the history of Scroobius Pip? Do you, no. know what, do you know what Scroobius Pip does? Do you know what he does career-wise? He's a sort of musician. Yeah, he's done his poetry, hip-hop. Poetry, music. He's a, a big podcaster. He's one of the OG podcasters. He did my old podcast maybe 10 years ago now. He's a lovely chap. He's also an excellent actor. I'm going to go chat to him about his parents to see why he is the way he is. So, Dad, yeah. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, that sounds good. All right, it's season two, as they say in America, series one, as we say in the UK. I've got a. I'm such an American asshole now. Um, we've got we've got Scroobius Pip. How you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? 
I'm good. Thank you for asking. It's nice when people ask it back. It's always, uh, it's not always, it doesn't always happen, but it's, it's nice when people do. It's, 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 it's weird times at the moment because we've had so much stuff that the whole world is going through, but it really feels like at the tail end, the whole world is going through it complete of, of the pandemic stuff. The whole world's going through it completely different. Then obviously the war stuff yes there's <laughs> a lot of different re reactions so we're all experiencing the same thing but to very varying degrees and and levels i guess it's weird. yes so so th therefore we need little platitudes and stuff to keep us sane and going because yeah. Uh, yeah we didn't want i didn't expect the war as a as a post-pandemic sorbet but it's the one we've been given um so it's nice to have you man so first things first i always like to ask this right out of the gate have both your parents said I love you to you before? They have. They definitely have. Yeah. Again, I think with probably with my dad, the kind of I love yous and hugs and that were very much a, a, a more recent yeah. development. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, an, and an evolution. I'm, I'm sure I remember specific conversations about, you know, and we should hug like when we like actually discussing it and, and bringing in a hug every now and then. And yeah. That's nice. To, well, I think that's, I think that's, uh, that seems like a, not universal, but that seems like a more common thing. Cause I hadn't, I, I saw my dad in real life for the first time in just over two years because of pandemic and visa yeah. and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, he was definitely, he was definitely more up for the hugsies than he was before, which <laughs> it shouldn't have taken a global pandemic to cause our, our fathers to, to want to do that. But it's nice, it's nice that they've decided to, I guess. Yeah. I love that kind of thing. You know, it's all, and again, it's, it's, I think all I'm at the stage where all parent-based interactions, even anything that's kind of annoying, it's kind of amusing and adorable because you know parents are getting older. It is is what it is. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of there's rarely <laughs> anger or, or 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 anything like that. There, there's just oh adorable yeah, that's, or that's, oh you dickhead <laughs> <laughs> i think that's extremely healthy i think that's the way to be of it because i can i can find myself sometimes getting frustrated and then you just go that is just that is the human that is that is what they are like and if they're yeah. tr if they're trying if they're trying that's all we can hope for right and it's it's also the accepting um we've grown up in very different societies right it's mad mm -hmm. how much society has changed between the even just these two generations and whilst i think both of my parents have changed along with it really well and been really they're positive people there is still any of those small niggles or whatever you kind of look and go it's not going to change now is it like you you, you just got to accept this for 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 what it is yeah and have you have you always been I mean, yeah, I think that's 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 a the nice philosophy. But I feel like it's a philosophy that we we kind of can get more used to as we get a bit older. Have you, when you were younger, like you said, your dad has recently started doing it? Were you? I, I don't. You don't have to go into full detail. But you were emailing saying your parents have both been on your pod and they 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 split up and stuff. When you were yeah. younger, were you were you craving that sort of uh, effusiveness that wasn't quite there from him, or was it you I always kind of just? I think that was just kind of. South London type <laughs> families. I was yeah. definitely a bit of a mummy's boy. I would cr 
cry and have to be picked up if I went on scout camp and and, and just embarrassing stuff like that because I didn't like being away from home. But but, <laughs> but my dad, you know, he worked all the time. So again, it was mm. it was that traditional eighties and nineties family dynamic of the mums at home bringing up the kids, dads at work, um, and working l- l- long hours. So yeah. That's it was interesting after they after they sp- sp- split up the kind of they split up when I was about 16. Yeah. And that's already a weird point particularly for a father-son relationship because you're like yeah. you're trying to get to that oh are we are we both m- 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 men now are we are we pals kind of thing rather than f- father-son. And there was yeah there was weird times of I think that was probably God. magnified or or accelerated b- because of 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 that of that the, my dad feeling i don't want him to think i don't care or i don't want us to have a distance because i've moved out and all that kind of thing yeah that's a weird that's a weird age for that because you uh you're in that weird zone of like did you have to do we you guess you're old enough you go do weekends at at your dad's that sort of thing that would happen well, it, it'd be it'd be particular n- nights i'd go and hang out with my dad and for us again this is so so weird but i love it i kind of love it because i love looking back now that we were clearly trying to find something to do together so (laughs) me and my dad joined a gym together and we'd (laughs) we'd go sweet we'd go to, to the gym do a fairly mild workout then we'd go and have sun beds again i've never had a sun bed in my life until then i don't think and then we'd go home and have a pizza. So it cancelled out all the good of the gym, but it was kind of our, our ritual. And looking back now, it's clearly a, what do we do together? Because when it's young kids, there's a million things that you can go and do with your young kids. But when you're at that age that you're kind of tearing away from your parents a bit anyway and wanting that independence, to have yeah. that kind of, well, we need to see each other once a week and we need to, to, to do something... I um I didn't think I was going to say this sentence on this podcast, but I want to just drill down a little bit more into the sunbeds of of that. <laughs> What's the? Is your dad your dad loved going to sunbeds and he brought you to the sunbed? What yeah, I, I th- that's I think your dad must, must be an uh, he must be an early adopter of male sunbed use because I can't yeah I it, think at university me and some friends did it a little bit and I yeah. I kind of felt <laughs> for well, what I this doing? is where it it gets even weirder i guess because the gym and the sunbeds were at my college so i'd come home from college and then we'd go to college to the gym and use the sunbeds i'm sure they were um yeah or i always remember my dad being a massive sunbather on holidays all that kind of thing and again pre all the sun's given or pre everything's given you cancer my dad was a big sunbather and a big smoker so Right, pre pre humans evolving to realise these things are really bad for you, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think living in England, living in Essex, I guess being a fan of sunbathing, if you if 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 the thing you love, you only get to do a couple of times a year, then the adventure of sunbeds is a is an absolute treat, right? <laughs> yeah, but you don't get the like, you don't get the lovely kind of. Uh, 
natural version of lying on a beach for four hours. You're basically just like toast. You'll put yourself at a like an electric toaster for, yeah. for eight, eight minutes or something. It's yeah, not like it's he's mi- re- it's you're a- not reading a magazine or anything. No, it's a microwave <laughs> rather than a slow bake, isn't it? The, <laughs> yeah. the beach is a slow bake, and oh, and man. and the sunbeds are a microwave. Yeah, it's a weird one. And the and the sunbeds would take it in turns. Because I think they only had one or two or right, something, and they were right. in separate r- rooms or whatever. The government was only giving colleges one sunbeds on the yeah. part of their budgets back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tough times, bloody <laughs> Tories. Um, but yeah, it was. It, I remember it as a positive thing because I think it was the first time I kind of had some kind of exposure to, and I'm going to y- use a word here that always makes me cringe, and I'm not even that into it, but mindfulness because it mm-hmm. was some. It was the only time that I'd really just be on my own, as you say, with nothing to read or nothing to listen to or nothing to do, even if it is for 10 minutes or eight minutes or whatever it is, it was this kind of, right, just lay there with your thoughts. Um, That's interesting. And then go home and have a pizza. Have you? And And my thoughts would genuinely be be about the pizza I'm about to have. Of of course. Oh, it's going to be nice. Um, have you done the? Uh, I've done it once out here, which feels very on brand for living in Los Angeles. Have you done the flotation, uh, de- the deprivation sensory? Uh, that, that I did it once. Done them it twice. was I loved amazing, it. isn't it? Yeah. That first, uh, maybe you get an hour. Well, it was an hour when I did it. You get that first few minutes where you're like, "This is odd. I don't know what what I'll do. I don't know how I'll last an hour." And once you just, once you settle in and you just accept it. I yeah. think I, nod, I nodded off and it was just like, I felt so chilled afterwards. Completely. I had exactly that. Now, as a kid, I had hypnosis because of my stammer. And the flotation tanks really reminded me of that because on my hypnosis, I'd, I'd be starting to go under and I'd be thinking, right, I'm going to pay attention to what she says this time. Because it it, it wasn't like in, in TV shows or whatever. It was just kind of, I'm going to talk to your subconscious mind. You, you can listen if you want, blah, blah, blah. And I'd lay there thinking, right, I'm going to pay attention because I want to know what she's saying to me in this hypnosis thing. I really want to make sure I'm paying attention and catching what she says. And around that point, she'll be going, and we're bringing you out, and three, ten, I've missed it all. And that was it on the flotation tank. There was 10 minutes of going, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is weird. I've got like an hour. And then it was, and your time's up. It was like, oh, it yeah. kind of just that bit just you you did find that kind of z- z- zen i guess z- yeah so yeah that thing where you're not you kind of you're not in your head which is yeah. 99.9% of our days is yeah. being, and especially as people like trying to create and stuff i think yeah. we're always in our heads oh but that's so nice so you and your dad did that and then <laughs> would your would your dad be open to a flotation tank or is that that's one step too far he, he he's he's not tried one yet for some reason i got after i tried one i got it, like my mum's birthday was sh- was soon after, so, so I got her a voucher for one. She, she, she didn't find it anywhere near as relaxing. She, oh, really? She, she felt completely uncomfortable. So like, this is weird. I'm not sure I like it. She enjoyed it still, but it wasn't the the relaxing experience that that you and I seem to have. That happens, that happens so much. I, uh, I think we discussed this maybe with Carl Donnelly in the last week. <laughs> when, you, when you get your parents a present, you're like... Because you, especially as you get older, you go, I found this cool thing, and now I want to like pass this on to you. Yeah. Again, ninety nine percent of the time, they they can they they know what they like and what they don't like, and just the yeah. idea of even my mum's been um she's been going through some stuff recently health wise, and she's done therapy before, but I was like, I don't want to sound too LA, but I think like some therapy really good because the mental side of it. 
you could just see her going like, that's just a hole. I can't, yeah. I can't be, I can't be doing that. I've got enough shit going. My dad is, my dad is the ultimate one. I'm like, I think you'd, <laughs> telling someone you think they'd benefit from therapy though, is I'm sure they just think you're going, I'm telling you, you're a wrong or a bad person, which isn't what you're doing, but um, it's, it's really, hard. It's I hard. think it's really interesting with any health stuff like that because, again, it's mad that we spend our lives kind of doing as we're told as 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 on that side of the relationship. And when we become adults ourselves and want to kind of impart some, some ideas or some wisdom, it is often hard to get through. I've, I've got a couple of close mates who've, whose parents have gone through dementia recently and it's it's a terrifying and horrible thing and there's things like that that i don't think either of my parents are in that place yet but it's likely or there's a good chance it will happen at at some point but the idea of bringing up to a parent next time you're at the doctors like get them to start doing the dementia tests and stuff like that because it is good for you to keep you aware of your mind but yeah but bringing anything like that up just feels incredible because as you say it feels like you're saying all right you loon go and go and, <laughs> go and s- <laughs> talk to someone else about your sh- shit i don't want to have to keep dealing with it so like, no it's I but know. i think all of that stuff's really important but it's so hard to 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 to, to bring up and yeah i think that's also cut of that dementia i mean that's also yes that's affected um uh, in close people to, to my family recently, actually it's uh, being, it's difficult to stay open-minded to stuff without it. Taking stuff personally is very hard. I do think that's an interesting, it's, I think when maybe I'm guessing I'm not, I'm not a 70 something year old person yet, but I do think when you're probably that age, you're very aware of your mortality and anything that reminds yeah. you more of that is, uh, is terrifying. So I get it. People yeah. just put it in the corner of the brain and don't look at it too much is, is, yeah, is a way of coping. It's, it's interesting. I think, my dad again just going off my instinct my dad probably has more of that of that awareness of mortality awareness of aging and not being happy about it kind of thing and again fucking understandably i'm 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 40 and i'm not too pleased about it um (laughs) but on my on my mum's side it feels like she's just like yep this is great i'm fine i'm getting older but and i think it's i think it's interesting because i think it probably reflects their parents because my mum's mum was fit and healthy and perfectly cognizant until the day she died my dad's mum did start to lose her mind a little bit and go down depressions and bad health and all sorts of other things so again it's kind of of course they're going to have deviated off in those two directions because because one has looked at their mum and gone oh that's me i'm i'd love to live like that you know be healthy yeah. until i'm not as it were yeah you're right it's it doesn't yeah you, you've now reminded me of a thought i hadn't had for a long time my dad he's i remember it's weird the shit your parents say to you just repeatedly he said to me so much as a kid like just if i'm ever and just pull the plug on me if i'm just always and but he said that i was like eight i'm like what are you talking about I'm, pull the plug on my you. mum from early old. days until now has always said if i start to lose it just put me in a home put me in a home just to don't worry about it. Don't feel guilty and all that kind of thing. So yeah. Oh, interesting. That's because f- I I I wrestle because I've been wrestling that recently because of um I don't mind. I just think I can be honest about this. Actually, I I, I was fun weird. My mum's my mum my mum recently got diagnosed with um 
stage four cancer um wow. which is very and then i was stuck in america and was, so so much shit mm. going on in my head with guilt and but um she's been so i got to go back and see her and was helping for a few weeks and my dad's you know it's all, all quite stressful but um she's always been like no no no, you've got to go live your life and stuff and yeah. uh, i like to think if i was in a position i did say but you know that bit of my brain went, no just just stay stay Look after stay, me stay, <laughs> stay stay near me because it's very it's very tiring and draining that sort of thing but um yeah, it's interesting how there's those two, it's two different sc- I hope I'll be that person that goes, just go and live your life. Because you kind of, yeah. it's kind of the point of being a parent, isn't it? You bring someone up well, to, to do both that. Both my parents have always been really supportive in that kind of thing. From kind of, from doing music at an early age and then moving into acting and podcasting and whatever else. They've always been mad supportive of, oh, really? of the weird That's career choices I have. Even again, from how old were you when you first, sorry to cut you off, but how old were you when you were like, I'm going to do this alternative route into it career-wise from pretty, school? It, it, it felt like that was from school, yeah. It felt like from school it was like, I don't want to go and work in, in the city. Like My area is a commuter town. You go yeah. and get a train into London and you work and you come back. And I didn't want to do that. And I worked in shops, factories, delivering big bags of flour, all sorts of stuff, just anything to not do that. And then when I started to do music, I'd quit my job. And uh, my my mum reminded me of this recently, actually, because of another podcast. Just before I went off on... I bought a van and I was just going to go off and try and tour. (laughs) Had no bookings, had no gigs. I was just going to play on street corners, hit open mics, just just try and make it work and just before i went away she she took me aside and said what are your are your goals here because it's a really hard industry to make a living or whatever else and apparently i said to her i want the people that i respect to respect me or Mm. the people that i'm a fan of to have heard of me or you know that kind of thing and she was like right that's a good goal like that's not I want to be number one in the charts. I want to be this or I want to be that. She was like, okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Go, go off and tr- and try your best to do that. And yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that sort. I'd of forgotten. I'd support. forgotten it completely. And he, and she reminded how, me. How it, how old are you at this point? You think? So I got into all of this late. I was twenty three or twenty four when I started right. to go off and try and do music, and it was because. I'd I'd started to do rather well in retail, Chris, um, and I'd, <laughs> and, you, I'd got and, you, to, and you gave that up. <laughs> I'd, oh, that's it. I'd got to that kind of assistant manager type level, and I thought, right, either concentrate on this and accept that this is my life, or go and do what I'm saying I want to do. Like it was always kind of, oh, this is a means to an end. I'm working on a record. I'm working on this. I'm working on that. And it was that point that I was like, right, the next step up i need to just get my head down and go cool i'm in retail it is what it is like this is what i'm and i'll do it well or yeah step off the, off the train at that point and go love right let's like my whole thing was i said to me mum again i think it it helped get it across i was like look i'm gonna try for a year and if it doesn't work out in a year i'll be able to go back i've got good good 
<laughs> the the people in HMV really like me, so um, mate, well, I've, I've got these contacts. So um, I mean, to be fair, when you now you say it's HMV, mate, that's that's yeah. a, that's one of the cooler retail. I used to work exactly. at um, Baby Gap for a period, yeah, um, and I was not good at that. I didn't You're have so, a lot of your passion and love there, are you? At least I'd I'd be running the DVD section and like, yeah, I'm getting good stuff in. This is exciting. Yeah. You just reminded me of when there was a sale at HMV once and a man I'd never met was so excited that uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 was only five quid and he was just like, mate, it's only five quid. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm caught up in it. And I'm like, Let, just so you know, that's by far the worst of the three Beverly Hills Cops. Fill my boot up, I'll have them all. <laughs> it, it, genuinely, the hardest thing to walk away from was the staff discount because you got like, I'm sure it was something like 30 or 40% off, including sale items. So oh, yeah, it was mad. That was why I was there for so long as a as a film nerd and a music nerd. It was like I can't have another job. Like even yeah. if it pays a bit, a bit more, I'll be spending twice as much because I've not got my discount. Come here, son. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's interesting about that, and you had, so you got support from your mum, and then I, you know, I feel there's two things that a lot of, everyone I've interviewed has in common. You got, you know, have a creative fearlessness, but also like a crazy work ethic. So you said your mm. dad, your dad's, uh, you said he's like working a lot. What was he doing? Because I, I sort of think by osmosis anyway, all I remember my dad telling me was like, don't ever become a lawyer. But I saw he's working all the time. He wasn't yeah. telling me all the time, work your ass off. I think just by seeing that you're ingrained, I've got, to, if I want to make, do something, got to work, work, work. So what, yeah, did that? 100%. He definitely installed the work ethic in me. Again, he came up in that, Thatcherite type era where people are trying to, uh, where the Tories were, were essentially <laughs> uh, can't, um, motivating the working classes by saying work harder, work loads of hours, and you'll be like us. Kind the of original, was, the original gaslighters, the yeah. uh, the Tories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, again, I think he'd come up in that, and he definitely set a work ethic in me. I think as I got older, I realised he'd set too much of a work ethic in me and I didn't have enough of the balance mm. and I've I've done a lot to, to correct that that of that now but but that's <laughs> 80s Tories kind of um propaganda and rap <laughs> like rap yeah. has always been about hustling and outworking everyone and all that kind of thing and you can get get to the top and it's like there's a balance in all these things. But yeah, my dad worked in... He was a great example of that. He started off... He worked in uniforms and he started off literally sweeping the floors at one of the places he worked. And by the end of his career, he, was, he retired as a director of the of the company. So wow. yeah, that real kind of... Not really much education. Had a few bits here and there, I think. But yeah, just exactly as you say. Got his head down, worked hard. And then where do you think, because the, the thing that I think is interesting 
about you. I mean, there's lots of things that are interesting about you, but I really admire is your, your sort of, you talk about that rap, that hustle from hip hop. Is that, mm-hmm. is that what you think's kind of, or maybe I'm just wondering if there's a, a mum link to this in any way, but like the fact that you've kind of, you've, you've built up a lot of stuff yourself rather than waiting for permission from a, does that make sense? I mean, we all have to wait for permission in some way from yeah. the gatekeepers of this industry, but you're like, I love this. Cause I, how long have you had your podcast for? So I've had the podcast for eight years now. Eight years. Because I think, that, I'm trying to remember when you, me and Carl had this sort of nonsense one and you came on us again. I think that's yeah. about 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. But you, you from there, I don't know, I just like this, the fact you've kind of gone, I don't know why it's not even linked really, but just the fact you've gone, all right, I love this. I'm going to, I love chatting to interesting people and I'm just going to do that and then not ask for permission. I kind of, mate, that that's something not everyone has in this industry. Mate, I've had to be reminded of it a lot recently because since... And the pandemic helped and a conversation with Michael Smiley helped, but... Oh, that guy's the nicest, funniest fucking guy. He's a legend. He's a legend. But having done all my music off my own back, you know, Mm -hmm. I set up my own record label from my solo records. Kickstarter didn't exist, so I saved up for five years in retail to, to kickstart my debut record, all that kind of thing. And then, as you say, with the podcast just going, bang, let's do it. And then I moved into acting and script writing and you're waiting on everyone else's permission constantly. It's an industry of that. It's an industry of, of waiting yeah. for someone to say, yes, you've been green lit or you're allowed to do that. And Smiley kind of took me aside just before the pandemic started. And I was talking to him about some scripts I'm working on and how they were in development and then they hit a wall and this and that. And he was like, who gave you permission to make your music videos? I was like, well, no, just me and my mates made them and we figured it out. And who gave you permission to do it? I was like, so do it yourself. So I've, I've then started going, right, what scripts? Because again, it's not as simple as that. It's simple, but it's not as simple as that. And I've started going through scripts and ideas and gone, right, which ones can just I make or me and my my mates make or I, I, I finance or whatever? And which ones need to be, this needs to be pitched to Netflix or whomever else it may be. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, it's, it's a really, it's been in the start of this year has been a real, right. I need to start looking at the TV and film industry, the way I looked at the music industry and yeah, uh, you, yeah, and you're, the podcast I mean, industry and just go, right, here's what I want to do. Yeah. You remind me of, I mean, Gervais, I remember when, when they got the office made, he was like, we had to go make that because yeah. that was the only way to show people. I mean, you still have to get permission at some point there, I guess, yeah. but it's still like, it, yeah, you're right. It's that, I, I, sometimes I think the further into this industry we get, the more we forget the amount of off our own back hustling we're doing, then you relax. And you've got to remember these people making the decisions, they don't care about your shit as much as you care about your shit. So you yeah, just have to- Yeah, of course. So, and do, rightfully do you think, so as well. Like, rightfully of course. so, they've got their own shit. That's why they're there. I don't care about their shit as much as I care about my shit. So it's it's a two way street in that respect, yeah. you know. Do you, do you think that like is that? Do you think that's purely a hip hop base? Because your dad's, you know, he was at companies doing his thing. It was your your mum? I guess she was looking after the kids. Is there? I just I'm always, I I think I I know I get a lot of this. Like I don't care about other people. Just just back yourself for my dad because he's <laughs> too yeah. much to a fault though sometimes he's doing stuff and i'm like you need to just talk to other people before you go rogue on this one yeah so i don't know is, is that is that an, a, um i think in- i think it is i think it's both of them as, as soon as we were old enough my mum got a job because we weren't rich enough to be a one a one income family um yeah. um and she worked in in libraries largely um and libraries are the home of 
back yourself, do it yourself. It's, there's there's a whole education there to just go in and go right. Well, you want to do you want to know everything in the world because you can if you want, or you could not. Do you know what I mean? It's all there. That's interesting. All, all this education is there. All this knowledge is there. And for so much of my youth, I very much chose not. I very much chose getting drunk or doing drugs or music obviously being a huge part and then it was only when I'd left school kind of thing that I was like oh hang on I want to learn a bit (laughs) I want to I want to be better educated and libraries and yeah they were my mum and my my brother ended up working the libraries as well were always huge advocators of how important libraries are Uh. for a community for people who can't afford a lot of things you know there's so much that's there for free for, for the community and i think yeah there's a bit of that in there as well that's re- I, I mean uh i don't know who said that someone told me a famous person said this phrase once but education is wasted on the youth right and i've always i've, I've similarly had the same i mean i'm very lucky i went to a very good school and all that but i still i never wanted to i never cared. i did the stuff i didn't care yeah. i didn't care about it. and then you get to your early 20s and you're like oh fuck I want to know yeah I want to know stuff and yeah I've never yeah, quite man. thought of a library as being I mean <laughs> it's the original internet but it, no yeah. it's a place yeah. where you're right it's like you're given you're given the option to just snog someone in the corner behind some stuff or you yeah. can actually pick up anything and yeah that's fucking that's very astute of you it's all there man and again the kind of the 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 nightmare of realizing these things after school is teachers are really handy for pointing you in the right direction like having someone to go i'm quite interested in this like who should i read not having that again it's changed obviously with the internet but i think i lucked out my older brother has influenced me kind of reading wise artistically and all that kind of thing and what does as, your brother do as, if as you don't mind me a parent um yeah is he, he just he's just a fan of that sort of thing or is he into yeah, that in, he, in those he industries got, he got a, a master's in philosophy um and then he's continued to write and study us essentially yeah he's yeah he's how, he's, mu- how much older than most, you is it um, he's older is he? th- three years older than me interesting so and yeah easily the most well-read and educated p- person i know and so much of my education has come from him either giving me a book or us having conversations and me getting a book and or, or getting a bit of information and going and reading up even more so me hearing it from him not doing any further research and <laughs> and just leaving it at that very shallow level of i've got a oh, bit mate. of knowledge well but, that's just um, yeah it's like a free um live podcast where you can yeah. just pick up a tidbit and not have to do any more research and yeah. tell other people that you know stuff exactly um that's that. really interesting uh, that's really interesting and your brother's three years older than you normally <laughs> i expect like an older brother to be an arsehole and beat up their younger brother he's going when socrates we were kids, is your older brother when we were kids 100 <laughs> percent, we would fight and be a nightmare all the time he 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 got suspended a lot from school. He was a real kind of t- tear away until he decided n- not to be. And then yeah, it was it was that kind of when he went off to uni, and I was kind of in my college years, I guess, which is around when my parents sp- split up. So a big chunk of that was kind of me at home with my mum on my own. I guess yeah. I think my brother had probably gone off and was living in Wales at that point. So yeah. That's interesting. So, were you? He was. He was ill. This. Were you? Did, did your? Were your parents strict on that stuff as well? Like, we. When you got in trouble, would they? 
like late were you also in trouble as much as him or not really or? not as much but a bit um yeah um they were yeah i guess my memory is that my mum was always the disciplinarian of the two I'm, I'm sure i remember particularly at a young age my mum being the quite strict one or the one that we're scared of and my of dad course, almost being the, the the one trying yeah. to be your mate. Your dad's trying to be the mate, and you yeah. think this guy's fun. And then when you get older, you go, "Some of the stuff that we would wasn't that wasn't good parenting, right? Does that relate? <laughs> that wasn't a good idea. Does that yeah, relate? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent on things like that. But yeah, so I guess yeah, I'm trying to th- think of like t- timelines are so hard to I know to patch up. But yeah, I'm sure it, it wouldn't have been at least it wouldn't have been long after they s- separated that my brother w- w- went off to uni. Um, and yeah, yeah. Again, I think, I think I probably wasn't as or didn't get in as much trouble as my as my brother. So I probably got it a lot a lot lighter because he'd he'd set a bad example as such. <laughs> like, like he's gone and got suspended again. <laughs> I've got a detention. They're going to be like, all oh, right, funny. it's a detention. Who cares? That's funny. It's like following an open micer at a stand up gig. You don't have to yeah. be that funny. You just got. Yeah. To- <laughs> I don't have to be that good. I you just have to be to competent. Be- you have to yeah. just say stuff with vague confidence. That's interesting. And then, yeah. so you said, and in your email to me, you said, um, your parents are now very good friends still, despite yeah. divorce. They've got, have they got separate families and stuff or is that? N- uh, no, not at all. My dad did have a partner for a long while, but they sp- sp- split up fairly recently. Um, when we could only have one household around f- for the Christmas in the pandemic, my dad went round my mum's, and I was in Canada sh- shooting a TV show at the time. But yeah, my mu- my dad went round my mum's still regularly for Christmas. They'll we'll, we'll all go round my mum's or. Th- they'll both come around here on Christmas Day and things like that. For years as a kid, it was Christmas Day was with my mum and yeah. Boxing Day was with my dad. And that was kind of our, how we divided it up. But then when we're all older and everyone gets on better. That's interesting yeah, that they yeah. get on better now. Because I guess in the bill, I, I've never, I've not been through a divorce, although my parents, I'm sure, have a their tumultuous nurses. I don't, yeah. I don't want to go into too much detail, but fully running that by them. But they, yeah, they had, I remember like crazy arguments as a teenager and as a kid and just hearing it sitting on the stairs and stuff. Did you, we, yeah, do you remember having those thoughts as a kid? I, I don't I always used to think just, you guys just, it'd be better if you guys like, yeah, exactly. I, I, it, it, sounds, it sounds mean because it's not my bias. Yeah. I think you'd be happier just not no, doing this, it's, guys. It's, it's, it's why I had them on my podcast to talk about their divorce because- I think there's not enough positive divorce stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's, complete, that's accurate. Because yeah. you're completely right. Because before that, it was a lot of shouting and arguments, a lot of the door slamming and my dad's car pulling away because he'd have to go and go for a drive to calm himself down. Um, and there was a lot of that. And when they split up initially, it was heartbreaking. I'm a kid. I don't know how this works. This is bizarre. Mm-hmm. This is my mum and dad. I don't understand it. But... I'd say it was within a year or so that I was like, "Oh no, this was the right choice." Like that's, you're you're that's, both that's happier. Good. There's less tension. Everyone can be happier. Obviously, it sucks t- to not have my dad in the house as and all that. But we're getting to spend time together. And again, there's even a thing there of couples talk about this a lot of when you don't live together, 
when you meet up it's exciting and you're doing things and there's this but when you do live together it's then becomes the normal and you never go out and never do anything so i think the fact that i think if my if we all lived at home me and my dad probably wouldn't have joined a gym together that's true yeah <laughs> let's say that true. so again i think there's there's things like that and i think we started going to football more than we ever had and we'd always gone to football but that went through the roof because that was a me and my dad thing you know yeah um and for a I period s- me my brother and my dad but my brother stopped going stopped being into football and that again that remained for a long time that was a thing that we did together and yeah i, I was just thinking that could that could be like two ways couldn't it you could have if your dad's not there then when you meet up there's a there's so much pressure, I guess it's like a weird pressure of it. Like this has to be fun and good. But then on the flip side, it just gives you a bit more time to just choose choose an activity or not take each other for granted. I think, I think that's yeah. probably a lot of it, isn't it? It's like- I think that's why we, we, we fell into here's the things that we do. So it's the gym and it's the football. So there's no pressure on here's what we're deciding to do this week. Oh, is it going to be shit? Is it going to be good? Do you know what I mean? It's like here's the things we do and we enjoy, and we'll do them. That's, that's it. <laughs> like, no having to come up with a new thing every week, and because that's again, that nice. that must be hard for for parents of of separated families, particularly with younger kids. If you're the one that has them at the weekend, there is a pressure, as you say, to go. What it's going to be this awesome I'm weekend, th- and that pressure isn't on the, at the house. If you know what I mean. It's funny. I'm trying to. You're making me think what I would, my dad and me would do as a combined. My dad's because he loves old, he loves like old paper documents. He 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 honestly is like he was born 150 years. ago. He'd be perfect in like in a Dickens novel or something. Mm. But he's yeah, so yeah. sweet. But in terms of what we have in common, I'm like he loves all these old. He lo- the one thing he loves is going to the pub and get. I remember once I was on the way to university. He drove me up there and we stayed the night in a bed and breakfast above a pub and he went have a pint I went I don't really want to like I'm like a nerd I didn't want to get drunk before the first day of university and he was so sad that I turned down beer with him but I'd something healthier like I wish it'd been he had an interest in going to the gym or something I've had that in recent years and again I think it's a generational thing because fathers and sons in the UK relate over drinks or over food and I had a period which has kind of continued on where I got out of the the pizza after the gym period and started eating healthy and not really dr- drinking. And I think it did uh, uh, flummox my dad w- once or twice because it would be, he'd be like, oh, I've not s- seen you this week. Do you want to go out to the pub or do you want to go out for a meal? And I'd be like, no, I'm eating healthy in the week. So I don't want to go to the pub. I don't want to eat a takeaway. So come up with something else. And it's, it's tough then, isn't it? If, if that's your connection for it, it's like, I'm up for seeing you, but... I'll just come round and we'll hang out if you want. But it's, I mean, I think there is a thing in, again, particularly that kind of generation that it's like, no, what we do, or no, more in just Britishness, because I've had that with mates as well since I've kind of eased up on drinking. I've had it with mates who are like, I ain't seen you in a a while, let's go for a drink. I'm like, nah. And genuinely, I said this to him, I was like, let's go for a walk. 
<laughs> and we had a lovely walk and we caught up and it was gr- great but again it's like i don't want to go if i'm not drinking there's not much appeal of, sit- of sitting in a pub drinking water for hours on end was it like, uh, come around yeah. my house and we'll hang out in my living room you know i still want to see the person it's just that's funny it's like i think the late, the late great norm mcdonald said a funny thing about not drinking when you're with as being the designated driver you're just sitting you're just sitting in a round a big oak table just like just nothing just sitting there not drinking it's boring it's a bizarre situation i completely agree so with the with the um they seem really supportive do your parents do your parents listen to your podcast they check out everything you've been on and all that sort of thing are they yeah yeah i think they did they dip in and out sometimes on the podcast again i think during the pandemic both of their podcast listening has gone through through the roof a bit so I, i think my dad in particular now listens to more than ever He'll probably be listening to this, so I'm hoping I've painted him in a, a no. You pa- light. You've you've painted him a very positive, um, uh, perfectly tanned light. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, they've, they've, yeah, always been supportive of all that. And like on the in the music days, my mum because when my parents split up, my mum was adamant, and it's 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 something she got off her mum when m- my granddad died. Her mum was adamant to make sure she knew that she's okay doing things on her own as weird as that sounds so going out for a meal on her own or going oh, t- to the th- theater on her own and my mum was adamant and doing that when her and my dad split up because she was she was like i don't want to just get into another relationship because i'm not comfortable being on my own so with my tours in, in, in music every time a tour had come out my mum would have a look and see where she she wants to go and have a little holiday and sometimes she'd come on her own or sometimes she'd go with a mate of hers and they came and saw us in new york in bristol in like in scotland i think oh, in I europe at one point and it was all to go right i want to go somewhere and i've got a reason to and i'm going to go and watch my mum would always be dancing along and bouncing up and down and having a lovely time i love i think that's a really healthy level of support because we, we've talked on this before yeah. about you can have the overly like i'm a, just obsessed with everything you're doing and like yeah, living yeah, everything yeah. but that's nice it's like it's it's for you and for them it's that's something really um your mum sounds a very healthy person in the mind that she's yeah. like i i because also I know we all know people who who can't be on their own, so they just go into dog shit relationships. So yeah, that's yeah. one thing. And then to go and like, I'm gonna have a nice time. I'm gonna see my son. Your mum, she should be doing mindfulness classes, mate. That's uh, she's she's on the, the ball. The amount of tweets and stuff I'd get after gigs, of people going, "I spent the whole night with your mum. She's the best. We did like <laughs> we've been drinking. We we went to the bar. I got her a drink. We made sure she was all right and all that kind of thing. It was like always w- w- wonderful. So yeah. That's such well. a nice, that's so nice as well that you, I mean, you know, the the sort of running theme of this is we're all just trying to make our, our parents proud, but to to, to, <laughs> to to literally bring joy to your to your parents is such a sort of special and privileged thing to do. Because I don't think, you know, not, parents can get their pride from loads of different ways, but yeah, to, to actively see it, see you creating something in front of the, her that yeah. makes her beam is that's so lovely. There's, it, it's made me think of something there. There's a um, a great podcast called Born Human it's, and it's about parenting and they did an episode recently called Parenting Your Parents and it's about, again, it's some mates of mine, it's about the people who are going through their parents having d- a dementia and that kind of a switch of roles and it came to mind then because you're completely right. We spend our lives just wanting our parents to be proud of us. And I've had numerous times in recent years where 
I felt really proud of my parents and it's been that split or like that flip like either either when they've been on the podcast and it's got a good reaction or as said at a gig if someone tweets me to say I stood with your dad on the balcony I was over there with your mum and they were lovely and all that and makes you just go oh man I'm <laughs> I'm glad I've not got dickheads for parents because from yeah. the area I'm from it's possible like there's a, there's a lot of, of course at, at, at my school there was a lot of and still I still live in the same area and there's a lot of racism a lot of homophobia a lot of just ignorance and my parents ain't that and it's 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 a real yeah a thing of a, a, a real interesting thing to have these moments of to get to be proud of your parents you've um you've reminded me of a of a funny uh little story that that combines that a lot of what you're saying because i do think that's i think we should celebrate i, I I'm always up for, because I think we all agree, like, you know, I'm sure this podcast talks about this, getting your parents to sort of change and be open-minded is such a struggle. Yeah. So when they do anything, it's it's a lovely thing. I'm, so on my wedding day, um, it's up in Edinburgh, and my mum, she suffered from agoraphobia for many years, so she didn't really leave her little area of West London. And then so I said to her, well, if I get married, it might be in Scotland. And so obviously I'd love you to be there, but I don't want to force you. And mm. and then she kind of did, like I said, she'd done some therapy on a, for that to, and she got over it and she came up. And <laughs> so I, I gave a speech and I, you know, jokes and things. And then I said, it's like, I'm really happy. My mum's made these steps. And uh, and then there was fucking loads of speeches. And then um, a, a drunk friend of Hannah, my wife, uh, who come from, she got, she was hammered. She just got up and did an impromptu speech. It was just like blabbering nonsense. <laughs> anyway, so at the end of it, I'm like, see my mum, I go, mum, did you like the speech? She's like, what, what was your favourite speech? <laughs> she goes, I really like the Australian girl speech. <laughs> it made me cry. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Amazing. This is why I do what I do because, you know, it. you never give, never give us the full thing, but um, this is funny. Yeah. That's, that's the treacle that, cutter, that one. That was the most was. assured five minutes I've ever done and, <laughs> yeah, and, I and, and I still didn't go over. I was, I was funny. <laughs> I was bigging you up. It's like, no, drunk lady made me cry. I was certain that I couldn't fail on this gig and there you go. There There's always go. one. <laughs> I know there's always one. You can never please everyone, and uh, especially especially my mum. Um, so we're gonna uh, before we wrap this up, then. So that I I, I think that's yeah. I, I love this. It's like your parents sound like I'm excited that they're listening, and I want thanks for raising a great son. I'm gonna say that right now. Do you know what? Um, do you know what I want to play you? My dad. Um, so this is new for this series. I've got him to research some of my guests, Amazing. and I've asked him to just ask. I, I'd love to have him on this like with us but he's just too kind of his own <laughs> i just don't know what he'd either fall asleep or start <laughs> giving the history of charles dickens out of nowhere that we haven't asked for so yeah. i've asked him to uh to come up with one question so he he wasn't sadly he, he wasn't already on your mailing list or anything like that but i did get him to research you Perfect. So i know tell john martin to sort his life up here's the question he's got for you have you thought of rewriting the Ogden Nash end to Scroobius Pip. Have you thought about rewriting the Ogden Nash end to Scroobius Pip? Because he looked up your where your name comes from. It's Edward Lear's, Yes, correct? it's from the Edward Lear poem, yeah. And he wants to know if you thought of Ogden Nash has apparently redone the poem. Is that right? I, I, I was not aware of that. <laughs> um, and, and again, this is, this is, a, this is the perfect thing. Because again, it goes back to my... Um, to my upbringing is 
I had, because I started off the, the, doing spoken word as well, and you know, I've, I'm, I'm called Scroobius Pip. A lot of people would think this guy's very well educated, um, <laughs> and the reality is, while I was on the on the tele HMV, um, as well as five pound DVDs of Beverly Hills Cop Three, yeah. they had. Um, a little book of cats' names and a little book of dogs' names, and in the little book of dogs' names was Scroobius Pip, and that's that's where I got it. I then went back and read the book, and like re- read the poem, and thought I it really it. fitted perfectly. But yeah, people often assume, as your dad has, that I'm I'm some kind of expert on script. I love on, that. On that I, when I, I, I got it out of a dog names book, mate. Sorry, may... I'll help you. <laughs> I'll see what he thinks. But I love that. There's well, nothing Ogden more. Ogden Nash would be a great name for a dog. Ogden Nash would be a great name for a dog. <laughs> yeah. I love a two-name dog. I love uh, a double. I love names. giving pets full names. <laughs> yeah, my dog's uh, is actually called Santi, and everyone goes, "Oh, Santi is really cute." But he's named after Santi. He's called Santi Cazola. That's his fault. He's named after an Arsenal player, so it's Brilliant. not as Brilliant. it's not as exotic and metro as yeah. people think it is. It was either that or Ian Wright, but um, I got. <laughs> I got ixnade on calling my dog Ian Wright, sadly. That would have been perfect as well. I love it when I love that sort of thing when people um, think something. You must know this when you're writing scripts, send them to execs and all, and they go, "Hey, man, I really loved what you did there. It was really interesting. You kind of the way you brought in that." And you're just like, "No, I just I thought it was funny. So I just that bit was just funny. I put it in because it was funny. I had the best one in my music. So on the first album me and Dan Lassac did, we, we had a song called Let From God To Man and it was, it was one of our most popular ones. And it's, yeah, the basic idea is it's God writing to humans and going, oh, sorry, I've been a bit quiet. Here's what I think about what you've done. Um, <laughs> and the last track on our last album was a song called You Will See Me, which is actually just a big breakup song. But someone hit me up after the album was out and went, is you, is you will see me a reply to let from God to man. And honestly, line for line, it works as a reply. Amazing. And I wish I'd written it like that, but I haven't. I paused over that reply on the comment for so long to go, do I David Lynch it and claim it? Because I'm convinced half of what Lynch does is go, yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and yeah, I came so close to just claiming it. I thought, no, you I could you could be kind to yourself and say your subconscious mind exactly was subconsciously. Doing it. I've written this reply as a as a thing. That's, but yeah, <laughs> it's literally you, the person said so it, funny. and then I literally went through, and I'm like, oh man, ah, if I'd done this on purpose, I'd be so much better a writer. <laughs> You're like it's um it's like when someone does a cross and it goes in off the bar and they and they go did you mean that and they're like yeah yeah I meant that I meant that's like, no yeah. man you were trying yeah. to hit the back post yeah, and didn't, didn't put enough swag yeah. on it yeah. um that's so funny um brilliant um all right mate before we this has been mate thanks for being so open and um a lot it's yeah your pleasure uh, the last thing I get everyone to do is mm-hmm. my dad you know he's an awesome guy I love him a lot. I know he loves me. He still has this sort of issue with saying the, the three words. So what I like my guests to do is just just give a little sort of pep talk to him to encourage him to just, just rip off that Band-Aid and say, I love you. 
Um, I think partly he's worried if he says it, I'll no longer have him on the podcast. And he, you know, if he says it's game, the podcast kills the format, right? It yeah. does. I mean, it really shits on the title. So, yeah. it, but it's like, it's, it's like who wants to be a millionaire? It's like, yeah. why don't let's fucking call it a day? <laughs> Leave it. Yeah. We have we change it to we now have a millionaire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you've got any any little pearls from your parental relationships or anything, you've just a, you know, you said so your dad started doing the hugs and the eyeliner. A bit more. Anything you can tell John Martin? Just to, to sort of speak to him right now, and I'll play well, this to him. John Martin, what I would say is, I said my dad took a while to get more comfortable with the "I love yous" and the and the hugs. And again, I think this is getting heavy now, but I think the 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 realization of mortality through losing his parents and family members and stuff like that opened him up. But more important than anything. Look at how well little Christopher's doing. He's, he's out there in LA. He's a proper writer. He's proper in the industry. It's not like that stand-up bit where it was, oh, I'm doing stand-up, but, you know, anyone who gets up and does five minutes can call themselves a stand-up. Now, he's doing, he's, he's, he's doing the comedy right. He's doing the writing. I think he deserves, I think he's earned an I Love You. So, yeah, I love just, it. just give it a little go. Try it on and see how it fits. <laughs> Try it on and see how it fits. What a, what a lovely way to end it. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll see if it works. There's no guarantees, but I love I love what you're saying. And before we wrap it up, then, mate, uh, fully, what is there anything you w- want to tell people about? Obviously, your podcast, brilliant. And if people don't listen to it, I'd love they should listen to it. Anything else? Yeah, man. The podcast is again. It's been a a, a, a lifesaver because you'll know as well in this industry. There's so many ups and downs and dry points and quiet points, and having the podcast to do every week just has kept me. S- sane but yeah just i've i've moved into acting and 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 writing and i've fallen in love with it man i said i the original plan was similar to what i did with hmv was to take like where i said i'm going to try music for a year i stopped music and said i'm going to try acting for a year and if it, it doesn't work out i'll come back to, uh, to music and i'm seven years in now i think or s- six years in maybe and i just i can't get enough so yeah I'm adoring it all. So keep an eye out for anything or if there's any, you know, what's the shit? What, well, yeah, yeah, we'll get, get, get Scroobius in the show. Um, <laughs> do you know what's funny? It was just, uh, yeah, having been in the writer's room, you, you, um, you see the tapes. It's very interesting how decisions are made and stuff. So you see yeah. the other side. So you just got to, it's just the thing. You got to keep doing it. Take nothing personally. You never know. If you man. you look right for the 99% of it is just looking right for the part. Yeah. Like starting off in acting, before I even had an agent, I, I, I hustled meetings with so many of the casting directors in London. And I did the same in LA because I was like, I'm six foot four with a big beard. I want to get in a room with you and have a conversation. So you can kind of go, all right, well, I get this person a bit. Because again, I'm not necessarily the big th- thuggy guy that my stats and measurements might suggest. So it's kind of... throwing that combination but the other thing again i think it's a a blessing i didn't end up going to drama school and stuff like that because self-tapes are the highlight of my week mate and and again i've got good 90 percent of the time at click and send and forgetting about them and not caring obviously there's always that 10 percent that you're like oh i got it did i hear anything of course but 90 percent of them it's a joy to just get to do it and 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 fuck about and go here you go i've 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 played a character you have the exactly the correct attitudes to doing them is take nothing personally enjoy it 
And then 100%. that's a good philosophy for most of life. Um, when you're next out here, mate, let's go for a walk. I'm not going to buy you. We're not going for a drink. I know. I'm up for it. I mean, Brits in LA, we've got to hit Runyon and, uh, got to and, go, and, um, and Earth Cafe. And or as they, like, the... as they like to call it here, a hike, but it is just yep. a walk up, up an incline, but it's, it's not a, It's not yeah. a hike. There's it's no a crampons. Steep, it's a steep walk. It's a steep awesome um guys check out yeah go make sure you subscribe to distraction pieces it's it's excellent and this is just i could i could chat to you all all day but um i don't i think there's an optimum time for podcasts according to the uh <laughs> according to the algorithms you can tell this guy's been working for netflix um I love it uh, mate awesome to chat to you uh, it's been a pleasure love love to your family love to you um, loved having you. you on here mate cheers buddy to john martin <laughs> of course <laughs> always to john a podcast from producer paul.co.uk head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul muscal and andrew scott Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.